Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a truly inspiring guest with us, Elliot Hassan. So welcome to the show Elliot. Thank you so much for having me Avik. I'm really excited to be here. Great, great. So Elliot like before we start we'll be deep into our conversation today, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, Elliot is an online uh, fat loss coach, writer and the mastermind behind a health fitness and the mindset podcast that has topped the charts in seven different countries so his mission is very clear like to help people not only transform their bodies but also empower their minds so over the past decade uh, he has guided thousands of individuals as on a holistic journey towards their best selves focusing on long term sustainability so but his story gets uh, g- uh goes beyond his coaching success like has walked a path of personal transformation from being an overweight teenager to becoming one of the most sought after personal trainers and online fat loss coaches in the UK so uh, like eliot uh like uh is someone who who actually influence people uh to stay healthy and stay uh, i would say fit so uh like that's that's the main mantra and uh, so stay tuned like as elliot will share his valuable tips and strategies to help you transform your body mind and overall well-being so uh, it's it's going to be an enlightening conversation so uh let's without further ado let's join into this conversation and welcome again to the show elliot Thank you so much. Excited to get into it. Great, great. So, uh, it like uh, if you can if you can share more about your personal health and the fitness journey. Uh, so, what actually drove you to become an online fat loss coach and the writer? Yeah. So, as you mentioned, when I was a lot younger, as a teenager, I found myself a little bit subconscious about my body. You know, there was a little bit of bullying and the. the changing rooms and through no fault of my own realistically i loved sport i didn't really know too much about nutrition when i was younger so combining those two things with not the best genetics in the world i just was a little bit chubby you know i had a little bit of excess body fat which led me to feeling a little bit subconscious recognizing in those changing rooms that i didn't quite look the same as the other kids around me they of course as all kids do point it out it was nothing extreme by any means but it was enough to have me thinking about okay 
I'm not super keen on how I feel within my physique and my body, and I want to do something about it, which essentially led me on a path to discover, well, what do I do about this? And this is where I give credit to the younger version of myself for digging through everything he possibly could online. And there wasn't a lot of online information out there at that time. Now we have just about every single resource when it comes to health and fitness, which is amazing. But at that time, I had to just, you know, do some Google searches, look at some blogs, look at some like men's health magazines and get all my information from there. So combined with all of that research, I pretty much went ahead and applied as much of it as I could. You know, my idols were like David Beckham. I wanted to look like David Beckham and Zac Efron, his type of physique. I wasn't looking for the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger physique or anything like that. I was just looking for being a little bit leaner, you know, having a nice waistline. And, and that was the goal realistically. So I brought all of that information that I gained from reading and researching and just tried to slowly find ways to fix up my diet. I joined a gym. Luckily, I was able to as a teenager and I caught the bug of health and fitness essentially. So since then, I've just pretty much dedicated myself to my health and fitness journey. So that's what got me started. And then it's just a love that's evolved year on year. And once I realized the impact it could have on me, I had to go and spread that to other people and help them out on their health and fitness journeys, which is where we find ourselves today. Wow, that's that's really lovely. So, so how do you define a holistic approach uh, to health and the fitness? And how does it guide your uh, coaching philosophy? It's a great question. So the way that I define holistic coaching is making sure that we're looking at it from every single element that we can. You know, we're not just looking at how do we put someone on a diet and a training plan. That's fundamentally going to help a lot of people in terms of maybe achieving their weight loss goals. But there's a lot more to the equation than just what people are eating and the exercise they're doing. There's their mindset, which is a majorly important aspect. There is their mental well-being, which is actually separate to mindset. There is their digestion. There's their sleep. There's their stress levels. There's the environment that they're in as well. So what I aim to do within the coaching that I currently am doing on a, on a general basis is to look at each and every one of those parts of their journey. So of course, the health and fitness side of things when it comes to the nutrition and the training is the fundamental of it all. Everyone will need to do some type of, let's say, a nutritional plan and will have some form of eating in a way that is aligned towards their goals and a training plan to achieve their goals. But at the end of the day, when it comes to people sustaining that long term and really getting the best out of their health and fitness, both from how they feel and how they look and how they perform and their quality of life, we need to look into all of those other aspects because they impact us so much. You know, a lot of the time I say to people, the reason why you're not in the position that you want to be with your health isn't because you love food and you don't love exercise. You know, that might be an aspect of it. But it's generally because, okay, what leads you to that eating? Uh, it's the emotional eating, it's the stress, etc. What leads you to not exercising? Well, I'm tired all the time because I'm not sleeping that well, or I don't have the time of the day because I'm you know, overwhelmed with all the things I have to do with my job and my kids and all these other responsibilities. So we have to look at it from a very, very full spectrum approach. And that's where it's really influenced my coaching. If I was just looking at people's nutrition and training, I don't think I would get very far. But because we look into those other areas as well, that's what really unlocks people's true potential and allows them to get the results that they've been wanting for so long. Okay, got it. <clears throat> so uh, what, uh, I mean, uh, what role does the mindset play in achieving the health and the fitness goals? 
I think it plays an enormous, enormous role because of realistically, as maybe you've noticed a lot in your life and most people have noticed, realistically, everything stems back to how we think and that generally influences how we feel and that generally influences how we behave and how we act and show up in the world. So it really all starts there. I quite often tell people that if you don't think that you're going to succeed on this health and fitness journey, then what's probably going to happen is you start with a low belief, which then means you're going to have low enthusiasm because you don't actually think it's going to work. And then you're probably not going to put an enormous amount of actions. So you've got low enthusiasm, low action, and low self-belief, which is not really going to take you too far. And what's going to happen is you're going to end up maybe falling off track, and then you're going to be able to reinforce that belief and be like, yep, I told you so. Here we go, back at square one again. And that is just going to be a belief that's reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. However, if we go on the other side of that, and even if we've maybe not been able to achieve our health and fitness goals in the past, but we say, well, actually this time around, I've never had a coach before. So this might be the differentiator. I've never had this much, I've never had this much experience before. So this might be the differentiator. This has been the first ever time in my life where I'm like, I'm sick and tired of going on all of these diets and these training plans. I just want something that sticks. So maybe this could be the differentiator. So instead of going in with these low expectations, thinking it's going to be the same as before, I'm going to instead tell myself, I've got a different set of circumstances. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go in with a higher enthusiasm. And I'm also going to go in with a slightly higher level of self-belief. I don't believe that you can kind of have like indestructible self-belief on something that you've not done, but you can go in with high self-belief in the sense of like, okay, I've achieved other things in my life. So maybe I can do this as well. And then that leads you to high actions. And if you go at it with high actions, you're going to get a high reward and high result. And then that new story reinforces itself. Then we genuinely get the results that we want to see. So it's so, so important that we have our mindsets in the right place when getting started on the journey with that genuine self-belief that we can. And then it's going to play a massive role later down the journey as well, because of there's going to be moments where, you know, your results start slowing down a little bit. And then you're faced with a question of like, well, what do I do here? Do I continue pushing on this path? Do I accept that this might not be for me? Uh, is this, you know, voice in the back of my head telling me that actually this isn't for me? All of my family are overweight. I'm not supposed to be here. Or do you decide to tell yourself, well, this is just a normal part of the journey. You know, progress isn't linear. It goes up and down. It goes up and down. And what I need to do is I need to stay strong. I need to remember how I got started with this and keep going and keep going and recognize that these obstacles here are just obstacles. They're not stop signs. They're simply things that I need to just step over and move on to the next stage and the next stage. And then from there on after, you keep reinforcing these new beliefs and it really makes up to your identity. So your mindset plays an enormous role. Anyone can put a training and nutrition plan in place for you and get you some good results. But if you want real long lasting results that you've never had before, you need to have that mindset piece locked in as well. I truly do believe that. Right. So in your experience, like how has or how can someone overcome these initial barriers and uh, maintain the relentless consistency in their health and the fitness routine? I think it's going back to a very, very basic principle of just taking it slowly, taking it day by day. I always tell people to keep one eye on the next step and then one eye 
in the distance. You know, maybe that is the top of the mountain. Let's say that where they want to be, the goal is at the top of the mountain. So keep one eye on where you need to be today and one eye on the top of the mountain. But most of us, we get a little bit caught up in just looking at that mountaintop. And that mountaintop, as much as it's very motivating, it can also be intimidating. It can also be something that seems very, very far away. And we're also thinking we've never climbed a mountain that's looked anything like that. We've actually tried smaller mountains in the past and actually haven't ended up with the results that we've wanted to see. So I think a big thing is just getting those daily wins in place and I like the idea of that you can't really think your way into a new way of behaving. You have to act your way into a new way of behaving. So you can't think about, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be on track because I thought all of this through. You actually have to go do it. You have to go and put in the workout. You have to go and eat the healthy meals. You have to go out on your walk and drink your water. You have to do those things. And for me, it's once you've done that once, you can do it again. And you've just got to be aware of, okay, well, what obstacles might get in my way tomorrow? Sorry, can I pause for a second while I'm saying this? Yeah. Apologies for that. <laughs> We're back. So we were saying about the obstacles that people face. So once someone has done it once, in my belief, they can do it again. And realistically, it just comes down to recognizing that this needs to be done on a regular basis. But if I've done it once, I 100% have the ability to do it time and time again. So basically, it's about taking that win that you've had. You've completed one day where you've completed your nutrition plan. You've been able to complete your training. You've had a really, really good day. And like I mentioned earlier, it's just a case of seeing, okay, what obstacles might get in my way of doing that tomorrow? And how can I ensure that that happens once again? So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at, okay, tomorrow I've got a pretty busy day coming up. So what I might want to be doing is making sure that I get my training in early in the day. I want to make sure that my meals are prepped. And then once you're able to look at those obstacles and you're able to accomplish another day, then you can layer that on top of another. And then that gives you that self-belief that you can. And then it's just a case of laying it on top of each other. And like I said, that day is going to take you one step closer towards that mountain type. It's like one step towards the top, one step towards the top, one step towards the top. However, if you don't, if you keep looking at the top of the mountain, you won't focus enough on the day. And the day is the most important thing. But if you keep looking at the day and never look at the mountain top, you might not see what's there waiting for you, the rewards of you doing that on a day to day basis. So I think it's really important that people look at where they are in this present day, but also look towards the future of where they can be, because ultimately both of those two things are going to lead to the long term results. All right. So uh, if you can also provide some examples of, how integrating the habit building and the personal development practices can enhance one's uh, health and fitness journey. So in terms of habit building, I think it doesn't come down necessarily to a set of days. You know, there's a lot of questions. Even my fiance asked me the other day, she's like, do you believe in the, it takes 21 days to build a habit? I was like, not really. I would say yes and no. Realistically, it takes as long as it takes to build a habit. Once it's able to be done with kind of relatively not that much thought and a lot of ease because realistically a lot of things dictate whether we continue with habits and even if someone's done it for 21 days if their environment has allowed them to complete on a regular basis however then we strip away that environment they might not be able to build it so the key things that i look at when it comes to habit building is first the routine Routine is going to be really, really helpful in terms of getting you to a position where you can do things on a regular basis. If every single morning you get up and you prepare your morning coffee and then you go to the gym and you don't have your first meeting until 8, 
or 9 a.m. in the morning, and you're able to do that on a consistent basis because there's no obstacles there, and that's going to be pretty easy to keep up with. However, if someone says, okay, well, now you've got meetings at 6 a.m. in the morning and they've just crushed your workout time, then that changes how your routine is going to look and your likelihood of getting to the gym. So I think it's really important that first we find the slots in our day and we make sure that we try to reduce as many obstacles as possible. Right now, we're really fortunate to have a gym in our apartment building, which makes going to the gym super, super easy. So the routine is important because we want to know what time of the day that we're doing it. But because we've reduced the barriers as well, that makes it super easy for us to get to the gym. We know in five minutes, we can be down in the gym working out and that makes an enormous difference to the practicality of doing it. And that brings me on to the second. Once you've got something locked in your routine, remove as many barriers as possible. I encourage people to have gyms as close to their home or their workplace as possible because that's going to eliminate as much resistance as there is to go to the gym. Usually the hardest part of going is actually the showing up, right? It's actually getting to the workout in the first place. Once you're there, of course it's tough, of course it's difficult, but it's not that hard to complete because you know what you're there to do. But getting there is a completely different story. So I always encourage people to try and have their workout space, whether it's in the gym or whether they train from home. Home training is really effective because if you literally just need to show up in your living room, your lounge, your spare room and complete the workout. So I think reducing resistance as well. And that goes for nutrition too. Like maybe if you find it really hard to go out and shop for healthy foods, maybe having a food delivery once a week can be a smart idea. Maybe if you don't really like cooking food from scratch because you don't have that time in the day, you're back to back in meetings, spending a little bit of time on the weekend to prepare some of your foods can be really practical. So the first two components for me in habit building, a routine and re eliminating resistance. And then the final thing in that is reward, right? We will do something on a regular basis if we see the reward from doing it. And that's the challenging part of health and fitness is sometimes it's not linear. Often when we get started, as long as we're on an appropriate plan that really ticks our boxes in terms of our nutrition and training and everything, we'll see some good results. And the challenge is, is that at some point that might plateau because of the weight, you know, the health and fitness journey is not linear. It goes up and down. So if we don't see results, it can sometimes deter us from actually continuing with that habit. However, if we've got our routine locked in place, there's minimal resistance to doing this. We can get through those times where maybe the results are slowing down, but as long as we can keep getting through it, then the results are eventually going to come, as eventually they will come again. So what we've got to basically do is try and lock all those three in place as much as possible to make sure our routine is there, to make sure there's minimal resistance in order to doing the things that we need to do, and that we can talk about habit stacking and everything along those lines as well. And the final one is making sure that we've got results and rewards that are going to incentivize us to continue to do that. And then once it's done on a long enough time frame, as long as your environment, your day-to-day -day isn't changed too much, and um, fortunately, I'd say most people have a pretty regular routine, you know, they work in the same place, they go to the meetings at similar times, they might have a kind of structure for their work schedule, then usually they can stick with it long-term. So I'd say that that's pretty much the key to success when it comes to building habits. That's lovely, I would say. So, um... Like, uh, what advice do you have for someone uh, who is struggling to uh, balance a busy life with their health and the fitness goals? I think the big thing for those type of people is to be realistic with where they're at. I think a lot of us, when we're busy, we try to not bear that in mind when creating the goals for ourselves. So we're like, we're busy, but we're still going to commit to three or four 
training sessions per week, and they're going to be one hour long. We are going to make sure that every single meal that we consume is cooked from scratch. We're going to still try and do things to the most optimal level. And I think the challenge here is that you just need to accept that maybe your circumstances don't allow for optimal, but they do allow for practical. And practical, when it's done across a long enough time frame, is enough to get you your results. So if I tell someone who's used to going to the gym for an hour, all you need to do is 20 to 30 minutes, they'll be like, well, am I not going to get better results if I do an hour? And I'll say, well, it depends. Like, how likely are you to cancel a one-hour workout? They might be like, well, you know, it depends on the day, depends on my meetings. And then I ask them, how likely are you to cancel a 20-minute workout? And they were like, well, it's far less likely because 20 minutes can be squeezed in. Even if I have a really, really crazy day, I might be able to squeeze that in at the end of the day. So that is actually the more practical option and the better option for them. So I think a big thing is making sure that we recognize that sometimes the most optimal approach is not necessarily the right approach for you. If you're a super busy individual, someone who wants to pretty much do everything that they can to succeed in all these different areas of their life, you might just have to recognize that you can still do it. It might be that your results are a little bit slower. However, if you go for that practical approach and you're far more likely to be able to stick with it, and what I've noticed within my career is the people who stick with it the longest are those who get the best results. So it's not necessarily saying, okay, well, can I do this optimal workout nutrition plan for six to 12 weeks? It's not that at all. It's can I do something that moves me in the right direction, that is practical, that I can do for the next six months to a year? Because that's the person who's going to win in terms of their health and fitness, especially when it comes to sustaining it long term. You can stick with you know, an easy kind of, you, you, it's not easy per se, but you can stick quite easily with a plan when it's just six to 12 weeks because you know there's an end point. But what I want to encourage people to find is not only what you can do for six to 12 weeks, but what you can do for the next coming years because that's what's going to allow you to get into shape, stay in shape and live your best life as well. And I think that that's probably the missing piece right now. A lot of people kind of got an idea of like, I can lose a few kilos. I know how to kind of get myself to a good position but I can't sustain it for the life of me. And that's the big mission that I'm on to help people achieve that sustainability so we can live our best lives for long after the, when the diet is finished, quote unquote. All right, great. So um, like, how do you tailor your coaching uh, to suit individual needs and ensure that uh, each person's unique circumstances are taken into account on their journey to the better health? I think it all starts with recognizing that every single individual is different, which means every single individual needs a different approach. I would say that fundamentally, pretty much everyone will rely on similar principles. You know, everyone needs to have a nutrition plan that is somewhat calorie balanced and has macronutrient distribution between how many proteins, fats, and carbs most people need to exercise on a regular basis, whether that be two to three or four times a week. So the fundamentals in terms of what people need to do kind of look similar, but then we've got to play in those other factors. And that's where it comes back to the holistic coaching, which we spoke about at the very, very beginning of our conversation is then you've got a factor in their lifestyle. Is this person a super busy mom of three and someone who still works at the same time? Is this person someone who 
works 60 to 70 hours or are they a person who has a little bit more flexibility over their schedule and can complete you know as many workouts as you prescribe to them so you've got to make sure that you factor in their lifestyle and also you've got to get an understanding of how committed they are i think that this is the big thing that most people go through is we overcommit when we get started on something maybe when we start a podcast we're like we're gonna go for two episodes a week and then we get about six weeks in and we're like two weeks, two episodes a week is pretty heavy. I don't know if I've got the time to keep up with the recording, the editing and all that type of stuff. And then eventually we end up only doing once a week or we end up missing weeks because it's just too much. And it's beautiful. I love people's ambition, their excitement and their desire when they get started on the journey. But I also have to rein people in a little bit because they'll tell me, okay, Elliot, I can do five workouts a week. I can cook every meal from scratch and I'll be like, okay, that's great. And if we get there, fantastic. But let's start with minimal effective dose. What's going to get you the most out of the least that we can possibly do right now? And if you can sustain that after this initial excitement and this motivation has worn off, and let's add a little bit more. Let's add a little bit more. You know, if you start with one episode a week on your podcast and eventually six months down the line, you're like, well, actually, I've got the systems under control here. I'm pretty competent. Maybe I can bump it up to two. I see how two goes. Then I go to three. And it's all about taking that stepping stone. So I think it's about firstly looking at the person as an individual and recognizing they have different needs. They have a different life. They have different emotional connections to food and exercise and then you need to get to know them and that's what individualized coaching is all about that's why i love to get to know my clients because if i want to know what makes them tick what motivates them what deters them from making progress so that i can put in the right tweaks and changes i always try to bring people down not to a realistic level but keep them at optimal like keep them really really optimistic but also keep them within that realistic frame so that we're on the edge of realism but we're also like moving into the optimistic level so that they don't burn out too fast like i'd rather someone start at a steady pace and zoom into something very very amazing than them to start like going firing out the gates and then run out of steam all the way down so i think it really comes down to taking that person as an individual and then using your experience to your advantage and then taking the feedback from them and understanding how they're getting on if they're doing amazing keep doing more of that if they're struggling then we need to find out where they're struggling and find a solution to that great great so um if you can also share success stories of your clients uh you have worked with and uh the transformational impact health and fitness had on their lives Oh, where do I start with that one? So I told a story of one man I worked with in the last conversation that I had on my podcast. So I'm actually going to use a female example today. And it's a woman who I recently put on my Instagram, actually. And I'm going to have to kind of recount the, the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure she started around 69 kilos. And she ended up around, I want to say about 48 or between 40. It was a solid 20, 22 kilo drop. And that was pretty phenomenal to be a part of. And for anyone who's gone through a weight loss journey before, maybe they know what dropping three kilos is like. Maybe they know what dropping five or 10 kilos is like. But to drop 20 kilos, that is something that is impossible not to change your life. And this was a woman who has four children. And what was fantastic about her is that she recognized, and I think this is a big thing for anyone who's maybe a mother who's going to have children, is... A lot of the time, 
mothers wait until their kids grow up a little bit before they start to prioritize themselves again. They're always very selfless, which I think is very admirable, but sometimes they put themselves last. This woman said, you know, I am probably done with having children now. I've had my four children. I love my children, but I don't think I'm intending to have any more. And she didn't wait. She decided so. So once she was got the all clear from her doctor, she was like, this is the time where I'm going to start my health and fitness journey. So she starts at that 69 kilos. We start slowly. We start at that minimal effective dose. She's still breastfeeding at the time. So we've got to bear in mind those things as well. And then slowly but surely we build her up and build her up. And eventually she's dropped five kilos. Then she's dropped 10 kilos. And what the beautiful part of this is, is that she's going through the struggles that many, many different people will go through. She's got four children to look after. They're going out to family things where, you know, her sons and the dad is eating whatever he wants to. And she's staying dedicated to her plan or she's maneuvered her day so that she could engage in that social environment. And we keep going and we keep going. And this takes across the course of a year. And this is the beautiful thing as well. I think so many of us, someone told me once, we live in Amazon Prime generation. Everything, Everyone wants everything delivered immediately and tomorrow. Whereas she knew that this was going to be a process. And because she didn't rush this process, she was able to say, okay, at the six-month stage, I still got a little way to go. And she did that thing that I mentioned earlier. I had one eye on the week itself, one eye on what she needed to do today, and one eye on where she wanted to be. And by not looking at one or the other, she didn't get lost in, wow, this has been going on forever. When is it ever going to stop? Nor did she get lost that, okay, I've got 22 kilos to drop. That's a ton of weight. How am I ever going to get there? And eventually, we keep taking those steps forward. We keep taking those steps forward. She gets started with work again after her maternity leave. And she finishes off her process in that kind of 40-ish, 40, like high 40 kilo range. And she is in the best shape she's ever been in. And I recently reached out to her and she mentioned that she's still able to maintain her results. She's not fluctuated back up by any means whatsoever. And those are the type of stories you want to hear about because as someone with four children is having that generational impact. You know, her husband actually worked with me in the past and now he, he actually came back as well. And both of them, when they easily could have been overweight parents, are now in shape, healthy parents who exercise, who eat well, and are going to share that example with their four children, which gives the children, obviously the children had to make their choices, but it gives those four children the best possibility of living their lives that way. And that's something that I find super, super fulfilling about my work is that knock-on effect. You know, eventually those children are going to become adults and those adults are going to have children. And I like to think because they were grounded in good, healthy lifestyles from a very, very young age when they were impressionable, that's going to be their reality growing up. And then they're going to do that to their children and their children and their children. And it just has this beautiful knock-on effect. So that's one person who comes to my mind who really, really turned her life around in a very impactful way and did it in a way that was not necessarily effortless, but just understood what was required of her and was able to keep going and keep going despite the hardships, despite having a big mountain to climb and she's able to sustain it years later as well. And it's a beautiful thing to go through. Great. That's really great to hear this. And also like um, before we wrap up, like what are some of the misconceptions about the health and the fitness that uh, you often encounter and how do you address them in your coaching and the podcast? I think with the podcast and both the coaching as well, I'm very, very quick to eliminate those things as, as soon as I pretty much can. You know, I don't want people living a lie. Like my 
goal of the podcast was to provide simple and actionable takeaways for people to apply in their health and fitness journey and to cut through the noise of the industry. You know, there is so much information as beautiful as that is, it's also overwhelming and difficult for people to know where to go with things, right? There's just too many diets to follow and there's too many training plans and there's too many conflicting pieces of advice and you just don't know where to go with it all. So what I like to do is I like to apply a very realistic and rational perspective I like to encourage my listeners and my clients to do a bit of critical thinking as well. And I love them to ask questions too. You know, if someone says, okay, Elliot, why am I eating carbohydrates after 6 p.m.? I'm like, well, what's the problem with eating carbohydrates after 6 p.m.? Well, this person told me. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we try it and see how it goes? Ah, Elliot, I'm eating carbohydrates after 6 p.m. and I'm still able to lose weight and feel good about myself. Fantastic. So it's sometimes a case of disproving it by their own actions as well. So I don't want to say this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. But because for some people, they might enjoy going to bed with a light stomach and they didn't want carbohydrates in the evening. But I want to open people's minds to trying something different. So let's let's see how it goes. And you know, I'll give people an opportunity to give that a go. And like, ah, I need to do this intermittent fasting. Why do you need to do intermittent fasting? Uh, because of Kelly and John in the office are getting great results from intermittent fasting. Are you Kelly or John? No. Does your life look a little bit different to them? Yes. Do you want to try maybe you know opening up that eating window a little bit more and seeing how it suits you? Okay, yeah, well, actually, I do kind of enjoy breakfast. And maybe what I can do is I can eat a little bit earlier because of I prefer to start my eating window earlier and finish it earlier. And then they find an approach that works for them. So I think the big thing when it comes to my clients is presenting them with a different way of doing something and letting them see the results for themselves because quite often they've been kind of coerced into thinking one way should be the way for them, whether it's through social media, whether it's through influences in their social circle or family members or friends, et cetera, and then just giving them an opportunity. Like the beautiful thing is it comes from a coach. So they trust me enough to say, okay, well, I'm going to give this a go. And then they get an opportunity to see something else that worked a little bit differently, which is fantastic to be completely honest, because if you give someone an opportunity to show them that health and fitness isn't as rigid as they think it is. And the same goes on the podcast as well. It's all about exploring different ideas. It's okay. Look at the pros of the situation. Look at the cons of the situation and then decide what you want to do with it and give it a go. And this is the thing, there isn't as many right or wrongs in this industry as people think there is. There isn't as much black and white as there things that as people think there is. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of areas to explore, to be flexible. And I think by being so rigid leads you to resenting things. Sometimes being rigid is amazing because if you find what suits for you and you stay locked into those rules and those boundaries that help you on your journey. But quite often that leads people to monotony, you know, a little bit of tiredness, like, you know, I, I can't go out and eat with my friends. I can't go to an Italian restaurant anymore because someone told me that, you know, all eating gluten is just going to ruin my life. And I don't want people to feel like that. I want them to have options. I want them to have information. So that's ultimately what I aim to do is I aim to empower people. And I like to give them the opportunity to try on themselves so they get the example for themselves. And then they can make their choice with a much more well-rounded base of information versus what Kelly or John in the office told them. Lovely. Great. So thank you for tuning in to another enlightening episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. And I believe all of you have found today's discussion with Elliot inspiring and filled with valuable insights. So always remember that your journey to unlocking your best self is not just about physical appearances. 
So it's about embracing a holistic approach that nourishes your mind, body, and the spirit. So if you have enjoyed this episode and want to explore more empowering conversations on health, wellness, and the personal development, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also, always, uh, please leave us a review and share your thoughts. And because your feedback help us to continue bringing uh, content that resonates and empowers you on your own journey to a healthier and happier life. So uh, we'll be back soon with more episodes featuring the incredible guests and transformative discussions. So until then, remember that to prioritize your well-being, cultivate a positive mindset and stay committed to your health and the fitness goals. So take care and always strive to the best version of yourself. So thank you so much.